Welcome to Lou Boys SC. My name's Andrew Phillips, and I'm here with Jonathan Riley and Will Sutton to talk about that last game that St. Louis FC versus Louisville FC. Last game ever. Very unfortunate. Uh, yeah, so the final score was Louisville 2 to St. Louis FC 0. Uh, really doesn't tell the tale of the game, though. <laughs> I, I mean, I think both sides would agree. Uh, it was a highly contested match. And we can kind of get into some of the specific points after that. Uh, obviously, all three of us are very sad. It's a rather tragic ending. But... I mean, when you look back, it was a hell of a season. Heck of a season, yeah. Yeah. One for the books, for sure. Yeah, gave us a lot of memories. Do you think the better team won on Saturday night? Well, I'm biased, so obviously no. I don't don't think the last two meetings that Louisville FC and St. Louis FC have had have been the, the correct team winning, but... I would, I would, I mean, again, I'm obviously biased uh if 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 someone one were to press me i could make a very solid argument for the better team not having won but honestly if louisville doesn't have a lead if some of the goals go differently the game would be played very differently hey do we just have a, a game at that goal you're wa- or a goal at the game you're watching well it just ended. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, which, I mean, we can talk more about that later, which sounded like a good experience. But, yeah, as far as this game went, I mean, when one team gets a lead and then when St. Louis FC is behind, if some of their goals that were called back went in, Louisville's going to play them differently. Also, if if Louisville is ever behind, they're going to play very differently. So it just would have been a very different game. For me, it's just disappointing that we had such a similar thing happen as the last time that they met. I just I would have liked to see a better a better called game, frankly. Well, what do you think? Do you think the game the best team won, or what? What are some of your thoughts? I mean, our bias aside, I think St. Louis was the better team on Saturday night. Um, obviously, a couple or at least one mental breakdown by St. Louis on that first goal for Louisville. How do you forget the best guy to mark the best guy on the field for Louisville? Um, I mean, I <laughs> could complain about the referees every game in the USL, but... I don't know. Yeah, I just uh. the truth is that they that they didn't win, and as it goes in sports, you you take the hand that you're dealt. So, I think that I'll I'll put on my conspiracy hat later. We'll we'll get into that later. <laughs> How about we kind of run down some of the key moments of the game and and start from there. Uh, the first key moment. Uh, in in the game came pretty early. It was within the 11th minute. Tyler Blackwood gets the ball and he starts streaking in, just beelining uh, towards the goal. Gets taken down from behind. Was it Tosh who who got him? 
maybe. I get, yeah, it sounds right. Sean Toshu. Yeah, I think it was Toshu who, who got him from behind. Immediately booked. I was afraid that they were going to put it just outside the box, as that's what referees often do when it's when it's close. But it definitely looked like it needed to be a PK, and the card was given out, the yellow was shown, and sure enough, they got a PK. The tragedy that came right afterwards is the fact that Wallfall took yet another penalty shot, and this one did not go in. He has this move where he kind of opens up his body to he – show, he shows left. He looks like he's going to go left uh, and just put it in the sign netting, and he kind of opens up his body at the last second and kind of opens up his foot and, and hits it to the right. Well, this keeper is – what did we say, like six foot six or something? He's a very tall guy. He's giant. Yeah, he's a giant. He's giant. He, he guessed right. He guessed that Wallfall was going right. And it wasn't the best placed ball either. Yeah. I gotta say, I gotta say in this, why I've been saying this all season. I don't know if you guys, if I've said it to you guys or other people, but why is Sam Fink not taking our PK? Yeah, you and I were talking about this the other day. It's the biggest game in St. Louis FC's history to go further in the playoffs and score our sec our second goal of the playoffs. And why is Wallfall taking the PK? Which, Will, wasn't there a stat that you're talking about with Wallfall? He'd had a, a, a very good percentage on PKs previously, right? I don't know what his percentage was. I do not have a stat on that. I mean, he was one for one this year, is all I know. <laughs> right, I know that much. But previously, Sam Fink was our PK guy before Wallfall came onto the team. Isn't that right? Yeah, last year Fink took every single one, and I believe he was perfect. Yeah. Yeah. So why is it come the freaking final game potentially for St. Louis FC history? Is your longest player not taking the PK? I don't I haven't understand I haven't understood that since day one. I agree. And when you watch them organizing on the field, there's no decision making. In that moment, the decision has already been predetermined. They all knew that Wallfall was taking that PK, which to me reinforces the style of coaching that Trichu does, which is it's very cut and dry. This is my guy for this. This is my person for this. If I swap this player out, I need one that's basically got the same identity and skills. Uh, and Agreed. So 100% whenever agree. he came to the decision, you know, However, he determined that he said, "This year, Wallfall, you're you're our PK taker. Doesn't matter what happened before." And I think that's an X factor in what makes good coaches great when they can get a better feel for the moment, like you're suggesting, Andrew. Can you imagine a Tony Larusa type in which they say, "You know what? We're pulling an audible just to give them a different look." They've seen this player take PKs before. Yeah, you know, yeah. so I'm with you. Whether it's 1, 10, 15, I just think no matter what the moment was, Sam Fink is your guy taking that in the playoffs. Right. Right, but that wasn't the call that was made, and that's the way the ball bounced. Yeah. The next big moment was what Will was mentioning before, their first goal in which their best player, Jamie Lancaster, 
It's just unguarded. As they're moving the ball closer in towards the goal, they get it to the opposite side of the box, and they just do this, it's like a shovel pass over to him. Uh, crosses it, and it just, he, it's just kind of a chip. He took it off his chest, one-timed it. I mean, beautiful performance by him, but you got to look at that and say, who forgot about this guy? It looked like it was Kavita's man. Um, just kind of a mental lapse. Uh, Trichu said after the game, he told the guys before they went out on uh, when the ball's on the wing, just somebody make sure Lancaster's covered. Is <laughs> what he said he told the guys before the game. Right. <laughs> so, And that's a moment where you can coach him as best you can. It doesn't mean it'll happen. Yeah. And that can be tricky. You know, some of those guys are really elusive. You've got your back to them for a moment, and all of a sudden they're five feet further away from you than you thought. But, yeah, that was a rough one to watch. Uh, so that was their goal, came in the 18th minute. Um, and we'd seen we'd seen that pair connect. These are some of the best players in the league. It looked like such an obvious solution, which is what makes it extra painful. But, I mean, these guys have been doing it <laughs> – all season long. So it, it did kind of feel like it was just a matter of time before they'd cash in in the uh, extra, extra time in the stoppage time of the first half, there was a corner that was taken by Todd Wharton. Not, not a really well struck ball. It was a long floating ball, but Toby actually <laughs> made it look like a set play or something. He headballed it kind of a looping header didn't look too dangerous. And the next thing you know, it's like dropping in and it came off the crossbar as well as the keeper's hand. Uh, so that was, no, that was when the FC was really showing life. Didn't, didn't Kyle Gregg have a, a goal called back before that? Sam Fink did. Sam. Oh, Fink you're right. Did. Yeah. Sam, Sam Fink had his head ball called, called back around the 25th or so minute. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was right. It was basically right. Shortly after Louisville scored, correct? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Cause Louisville, Louisville scored. And then I want to say like five or six minutes back, we answered with, was it Sam Fink or Kyle Gregg? I was watching on my cell phone. At it was, wedding, it was so. Sam Fink. I couldn't tell. There's a big mix of bodies. There were two players that were just slightly out ahead of them. And this is one where if you were listening to the broadcast, the broadcasters, they're being mostly impartial, definitely seemed like they were favoring Louisville, but it wasn't like a Louisville home team broadcast. And they kept looking, they looked at it several times and were like, well, maybe this person's offsides. Nope, this person's onside. Well, maybe this one. Nope, that guy's onsides too. The main thing is, though, the ref pointed at Sam Fink, the goal scorer, when they, call, when they threw up the offsides flag. And to me, there's just no possible way. Yeah, I didn't see it. <laughs> there's no way that that's offside. The only person that was possible of being offside was Wallfall, and he was the first person in line on the but free even kick. he looked solidly. They gave us multiple angles on that, and he looked solidly on 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 sides as well. Yeah, I I honestly I'm not really sure what the linesmen were 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 thinking or seeing. But that's that's been that's been the play though. For me, year. this is another example of if it's if it's that critical of a play, if it's that close, how are you that sure to make that call go the other way? You, mm-hmm. you know. 
in other league, I don't know. You would think that you would give the goal scorer the benefit of the doubt, if anything, or at least leave the drama out there for for the viewers' sake. Think it over a little bit. Con- consult with the line judges. The linesmen. Yeah. yeah, there's no communication amongst them. It's just, oh, he put his flag up. Let's let's figure. Let's let's move on. Right. I mean, in 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 two games, St. Louis FC had four goals called back. Yes. <laughs> Crazy. Four goals. What kind of stat I, is that? I will, yeah. I'll, I'll put on my conspiracy, my tinfoil hat at the end. And it's, <laughs> such an, it's such an inappropriate stat to have against a team. Like, I get it. Yeah. I, I love St. Louis FC. I'm all for them. But the, the fact that against the same, yep. what, the same week? Can we say that was within the same week? We have four goals called uh, back? Yeah, not quite. But... Well, yeah, we'll get there. We'll loop back around to this point because I'm right there with with you on this. Uh, if anything, the league the league should look into getting VAR. Right. I think they said it would be uh, about five figures per team to install it at their park. So, yeah, which actually doesn't sound unreasonable. Mm-hmm. So, what was? It's 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 only unreasonable right now with the fact of that we're in a pandemic. Right. So hopefully. That's something they can implement next season, but honestly, we don't really know where the future's taken right now. When next season will even start, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So they had a they had another goal called back, which was uh, I don't have the minutes on that one, but Andrew, did you want to go over that play? Do you recall that one? When this is was the second it? half? Um, it was, it was yeah, pretty late. Trying, I want to say I want to say it was like the seventy fifth minute. It, it was right in between seventy and eightieth mm-hmm. minute. I thought it was after we and, went down two zero to the with the own goal by Toby. Oh, you're right. You might be right. Let's see how fast my finger can go. Right <laughs> okay, now. so in the eighty third minute uh, is when the own goal happened, which came off of a penalty that frankly to me didn't didn't look like a penalty at all uh sam fink was kind of walking up the line uh with oh, i can't recall his name hopeno had the ball yeah he's at the end line he's kind of walking it up that way kind of plays the ball past one player and then he goes to catch up to the ball and fink kind of puts his hand like on his hips about as gently as a defender's ever touched anyone <laughs> and hopeno it almost looked to me like he just tripped over his own foot, but he basically went down immediately. And and they called a free kick on the play. <clears throat> so they've got the ball just outside the box, and after that is where the set play comes up, uh, where they cross it over, and it goes across the keeper, <clears throat> Morton, and it goes off of it. It just looks like Toby heads it into the goal. When you slow it down and watch it a few times, though, Ownby is right behind him, and he's got his arms extended. <coughs> Sorry. If you're a defender, you don't put your body in that position naturally. Like, there's no reason for that, unless you're actually trying to score on your own goal. So, again, this to me looks like another time where the play just went the opposite way of where it should. Well, it's just the fact, like, how does the referee not have any implementation versus a guy falling over. You see all the time on corner kicks, free kicks, 
the second a guy falls over in the box, the ref is all over it. You know, he's blowing the whistle the second somebody hits the ground. Yet this time, we have an own goal, a player falling over towards his own goal, and the referee doesn't hesitate or show that he's even second-guessing any fact of what just happened in that game. Yeah. Yeah, it seemed like that was a cut-and-dry play. Sure, everything's fine, business as usual. Whereas the other ones that looked far more standard were, were not. Will? I've got, yeah, I've got nothing to add there. Other than I think I would agree with the first call was a foul that they deserved the penalty. I, I would guess because there was no argument from Sam Fink. He just took it and moved on. Yeah, again, there's my bias. I was pretty livid at that point, so it looked like a flop to me. But <laughs> uh, yeah, even if yeah. you give them that, the second half of the play, to, to, you know, it just looked like an obvious foul. So after, the, like, shortly after that, it was in the 86th minute that Tyler Blackwood gets the ball, he's streaking down, passes it to Revis. Revis one t- taps it outside to Wallfall. He goes he goes far side, but kind of like his penalty kick, he just doesn't quite get it as far enough out there. I felt like he could have just put it in anywhere out of the keeper's reach and we had players that were crashing the net that could have gotten there. Uh Fink actually goes down for the ball, kind of slides into it. It gets right about at the goal line. And at the last minute, they got a they had a, a player come from like midfield, run all the way back and clear the ball just as it's about passing over the line. There's another goal that's called off. Again, I don't have the time on that one. The pretty close to the ninetieth minute. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so But I mean another big impact play was when uh, War- Wharton almost had a, br- a one-on-none oh, yeah. breakaway on... Yeah. Didn't Paris give him that beautiful pass? It was Paris. It was... Oh, Paris had a beautiful cross to Wharton. He's wide open. Right. And I don't know if once pressure coming out of the goal just kind of made him hesitate, but it almost felt as if it was a sure goal, and somehow Lunt was able to smother the the ball and not allow Wharton to do anything. Yeah, that it looked he was like what Wharton do. had in mind a couple steps too late to kind of pop it over the keeper. But by the time that he kind of went for that motion, yeah, the keeper was already mm-hmm. in and over him, yeah. and it, it, it basically just got smothered. It was, it was, it, I, that to me was summed up yeah. the the play of St. Louis FC and how many opportunities they had just couldn't break through. You know, you're you're trying to score. You're getting goals scored back, getting scored back. You're getting and we've had so much back. of that with our season, where the opportunities are created, they're generated well. To me, this is just another example of the season, the the way that you can kind of define St. Louis FC and how they've played so much, where they're able to generate good opportunities, but the finish isn't quite there. Just just out of reach, one step away, what have you. The thing is, it made for an exciting game, and they were still generating these opportunities. I mean, it's it. They were never definitely. Out in my and their their passing this game was so much more crisp. They had 
great, great composure at a lot of points in the game. Good, good control, good possessions. I, I really, the overall quality of play, I can't complain about. It didn't feel quite as strong of play as last time they played Louisville, but I think that's partially influenced by the scoreboard being changed early. That last one was just a one nothing lead. This one, you know, they were eventually down two goals. And and you got to think of the pressure that's put on your players when you 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 continue to score and it continually changes. Your mindset's being changed. Your your determination is always up and down. It's a lot of it's a lot of high and lows in a game, so it it can get challenging when you're trying to push and then things occur just like they oh, do absolutely. typically in a game against a team that I mean Louisville FC's been in the semifinals for six years yeah. in a row. It's crazy. So you're not going you're not going against a team that is sprinkled with ex, uh, um, experience. You're going against a team that has right. all yeah. of the experience. We're talking St. Louis FC hasn't been there since their very first year. I mean, they didn't even they, score a yeah. goal. Louisville is the dynasty of the league, so it's definitely a Goliath task to step up to. So all that being said, they did feel like the, te- the team of destiny for, in so many ways for so many times. This game was just, you know, it came to a crashing halt. It looked like the destiny was going the yep. other way, and to me, that was in the form of a ref's whistle. Well, I have a, I have a question. All right. Didn't you think that somebody should have gotten a red card? Uh, that's been brought up. You brought it up a couple times. I wasn't sure. Maybe, maybe Sean Toe should have gotten one in that what the eleventh minute when he took down Blackwood. <laughs> a lot of. Players were wanting it. Trichus, after the match, said he thought it was deserving of a red. I don't know, that early in a game. It's hard to do that early in a game, especially a playoff game. I agree. You did decide to give him a yellow. You did decide that it was worthy of a PK. He was on a breakaway. I mean, he wasn't fully away, but he was on a breakaway. Mm -hmm. And you don't give the red. That's at least something that could be up for debate in terms of the questionable yeah. ref- refereeing. It could have gone either way. And yeah. It would have really changed the game. There was a moment later in the game where I thought Tosh made a, a pretty reckless or careless play to where he could have easily gotten a second yellow. Uh, it was interesting how the cards came out early in the game, which I always can appreciate where if, if a ref is going to take that approach, that they set the tone early. However, it seemed like there was a lot more levity given as the game progressed, and they were really afraid of having that be a determinant of the match, even though a lot of those calls could have gone for St. Louis FC. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I I just think that it was it just proves the inconsistency of tones that referees are setting and not setting. Well... All right, I'll, I'll, so I'll get into my tinfoil hat because <laughs> you guys got a lot of text messages, a very excited text messages from me after the game that night. Uh, I, I this game convinced me that that it's rigged, <laughs> and and I 
I don't know how else to say it. It felt so rigged. Like you were saying before, Andrew, there have been four goals in a row that St. Louis FC scored against Louisville between their last two meetings where they were all called off. And minus the one Rivas scored. We got to give them a bit. Rivas scored, you're saying <laughs> against Hartford. Yeah, not four in no. a row. So two and then a no, goal. Cor- and then correct. Two. I'm, I'm, I'm yanking your chance. Well, no, because the other game was four games ago, but it was against the same opponents. What I'm saying is you have the some of the tournament favorites in Louisville FC. They are already kind of being given the crowd or the crown for this for this half uh, of the bracket. And what happens? This other team that's not going to exist anymore after this season is just outmatching them. It looked like they didn't even want them in the playoffs. They had such a tightly contested game against Indy 11. A, a, a lot of things had to go fall a certain way in order for that game to even matter because it wouldn't have mattered if the, they would have gotten the decision against Louisville. So instead... It felt like they outplayed them last time. They had to be given a lot of gifts in terms of refereeing then, because in my opinion, that game could have been the other way around, two to one or even two to zero, because their their goal could have even been called off. This game, if I counted up right, should have been two to one St. Louis, because they had a goal that was clearly a foul. We had two goals that were completely good, totally fine. They kept replaying it on the cameras, and yet they were called off for whatever reasons. And the the whistles were so fast, they were so quick to call it off, it just seemed like it was an obvious call on their part when, uh, yeah. So my conspiracy is, why would you want to have this team keep moving forward when they play... Well, they don't get any home games. Even if they did have any home games, they play in a city where, because of COVID restrictions, no one can attend. There's no ticket sales. Versus Louisville, who has a beautiful brand new stadium, a very passionate fan base that showed up in droves and will continue to do so, who I think have home field advantage throughout the playoffs, right? All the way through the finals? Yeah. Yes. So if you're the USL organization, wouldn't you want them to be the ones progressing and going all the way to the finals so that you can play at that at that stadium? Rather than St. Louis, well, the game's over. We're not an organization anymore. There's no one to even make an appeal or say, hey, we'll get you next year. It's just, yep, them, them's the cards. That's all. So... That's my that's my conspiracy theory. That's that's how I felt about it. That might be a purely emotional reaction, but <laughs> I fe- there was enough evidence to generate all those thoughts in my head and just feel a, a bit of outrage at, at watching the game. I I know that the the truth is that we've seen questionable refereeing not just in this game but across the league. This isn't one of the premier leagues in the world so that stuff happens it just hurts extra bad when it's to your team at the most critical points yeah 
Well, you it sounded like you were about to say something. I do want to make the comment. I want to believe in your theory, but <sighs> when we had those four goals called back, same refs so, yeah. both times. So, Just so basically what you're saying is it's, it's not a conspiracy theory. It's the truth. <laughs> or he just – That's what I'm hearing. What I'm hearing is he just really is doesn't like our players. This is absolute bogus, <laughs> and I'm just furious Boy. now. I thought I was calm. You know, I had some I had some days to relax and ignore the fact that four of our goals are no longer our goals. But yeah. now I'm just pissed. Well, it, it like I said that that's how it goes. I feel. I feel sad that the that the season is over. That it while it felt like we were the team of destiny, it wasn't the case. I feel extra sad for those players. And after already having such a challenging year, the, you know, the year that 2020's been overall, but additionally just for them not knowing what's going on for a while with their careers to kind of being in this strange new world of what you know pro sports are and then still d- despite all of that putting up the performances that they did and and it it having not been enough uh in this way but yeah i agree but hey let's 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 shine some light let's let's get sure. into a better mood now i got to ask who do we think is the season mvp for st louis fc Will, I want you to go first. Who is your pick for MVP of St. Louis FC? The whole season. Tough. Let's let's make it let's yeah, make it a little question. simpler. I so, want I want a defensive and an offensive. It's funny that you go that direction because I was going to kind of okay. simplify. Or I was going to narrow down the piece of the question to say: Are we more successfully in the offensive half or the defensive half? Like, what defines us better? What would you say, Andrew? Oh, definitely defensively. We're not a huge high flute <clears throat> right. scoring machine. So, does that mean that it's easier well, to constitute giving your season MVP to a defend defender? Hmm. I think I think it makes it easier, but I'm I'm interest I'm intrigued right. to does, see your doesn't mean you have picks. to. So let's do an offensive and a defensive. So I, yes, I'll I'll jump in while Will's thinking. I did have this thought before, and the name that's been in my mind all season has been Kavita. I, not okay. yeah, he's captain. the captain. Not that he's been without his flaws. That was kind of reinforced in my mind because the team gave him those honors at their last home game. But I'm sorry. The yes, Luligans. the the Luligans, Yeah. Um, but I think there are some some close runners up, and if I were to give an honorable mention or give an offensive player, it'd be Cicerone. I just think okay. I had I had I, yeah. I, he continues to impress me. He his skill set is one that looks impressive. You know when he's taking a guy one on one when he's you know burning down the side of the pitch it, it's definitely impressive but knowing that he wasn't known for his, his defensive play previously and just how much that drastically improved this year how how much he's been hustling up and down the field 
that's that's why I give him the nod. Okay. Well. Uh, man, tough call on the defense. You got so many good players. Cavita uh, is a great pick, um, but I think I'm gonna have to go with Kyle Morton with just how much he had to save our butts all year. His distribution was uh, at time a little. I think he redeemed himself uh, as in the playoff good. games. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, just just with how much duress um, under duress we were and how many saves he had to make this year. I think he was up. He was near the league lead for most saves made. Um, so I think he's I also my see him with MVP. The clearest the path to the MLS. And you, you sent me an article that was highlighting a few keepers throughout the whole USL, and he was one of them. So I think that that is a great pick, definitely. As for the offensive side, I mean, that was a, it's a tougher uh, decision because we were one of the lower-scoring teams in the league. Uh, sure. I mean, you could also – But I think I'm just – I'm going to have to go with Tyler Blackwood since we were – Oh. Well, I was going to say – it doesn't have to be purely offensive, you know, forward or defender. It could be somebody midfield or somebody who just pushed the ball up. But, no, yeah, I mean, Blackwood's a great pick. He had a, such a strong season, too, even as short as it was. Uh, yeah, I want to piggyback off that. I mean, my you knew my pick was going to be Blackwood. Oh. 100% Blackwood. I mean, he's been he's been your most dominant player since a season and a half ago when he got here in St. Louis. Yeah, he, you you look at uh, last season and into this season, he's he's been a scoring machine and an impact player for St. Louis the whole time. Since I mean, this definitely here. did look like it would have been a twenty goal season for him. Yeah. Oh, he was he was set up to just blow up, and and it, unfortunately we didn't get to see that. I hope we get to see that somewhere else on a team that he lands if he he decides to continue to play. I would I would love to see him. S- succeed and get that 20 I did hear him in a recent interview it sounded like he's he's got plans to play for another team yeah my defensive player of of the year MVP I would choose is I've you see I want (laughs) that's what I figured you'd say I want to say Sam Fink you're going to say Todd Burton right to be honest Sam Todd Wharton. I'm going to say who? Defensive midfielder. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to change and go Kyle Morton. I was, I I agreed with that. I hate, I hate, I hate his passing skills to a passion, but he saved us so many times. He saved my heart. I mean, that I, I have to go, even though my, my, my heart is begging me to say Sam Fink right now. I just can't. I can't say it. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's Fink. okay to be a fan of somebody, but also give an award somewhere else. But I want to I add also the most impactful player, I believe, was Kadeem coming off the bench. I mean, if I, I saw a stat the other day that he posted on his Instagram because I secretly like following him. Uh, I'm pretty sure he had like four goals yeah. off the bench. Yeah, 
and he didn't get much time. I remember vaguely him scoring two or three goals back to back in games where he only got ten in, or fifteen in, minutes. In other teams, that that earns you more field time. I don't know why, but that was not the case with him. Same thing with Rivas. Why didn't Rivas start that last game? Yeah, like he, it's like you said, it's cookie cutter playmaking and right and, and puzzle pieces. It's and, tricky because you have you know. You know, as a coach, you're balancing a lot of things, and and you feel like you have certain debts to be paid, right? I owe this guy. He's been there for so many games. Even if this other player is hot right now, I owe this guy because it could be our last game in this uniform. But if you really want to win, if it's about winning, not just about you know giving people what you think is is due to them in that regard, I I say you start Revis. Yeah. Give if get Kadeem in the game earlier. And I felt like Paris was having a great game. I but he was taken out. He was subbed out. Uh and yeah. No offense against Kyle Gregg, but I I would have felt like a different coach would have subbed him out of the game. He just didn't he just wasn't around the play often enough and I'm not saying that he was having a bad game it just you know it, it we, we, we needed, needed a different skill set towards we the needed end of the a game down look. 2-0 or just a different or look down whatever it was it, be it you know to his fault or to their credit they were m- making him a non-factor in the game so if that's the case yeah. switch it up give him a different look That that's that's my opinion um yeah. I really did. Now that you mention it, now that I mentioned that, I didn't really notice Greg all that much in the game. I was thinking Blackwood should have come off because I thought he was kind of MIA in the second half. He was MIA, but he also drew a lot of play. By having Blackwood on the right side, we he opened up so much space for Cicerone because you could see them shift over onto Blackwood immediately. I mean, that's, that's, that's mainly why Cicerone that's and say. Todd Wharton... Got their opportunities on the left wing was because Blackwood yeah. forced them to honor and respect. That's what I was, his ability. What I was say was and what he's Blackwood required so much attention on the right side that he opened up Todd Wharton on the left side. But like, you know, it, yeah. to where from the back parts of our midfield he could push all the way up there and get open. So I think that. Uh, yeah, I think it would have been cool. I mean, we've been saying these things for a number of games. It would have been cool to see just some clever shifting around, take wall fall, move him to a different part of the field. If you if you think you you want to keep him in the game, that's that's fine. He's very creative, but if when you have that, well, what appears to be to me to be a naturally creative mind, they're not going to feel out of place in a different part of the field, but they'll throw their opponents off. So, yeah, especially when you've played an opponent so many times, you just have to switch something up in my mind because it hasn't been an, an entirely winning formula. Yeah, I think, yeah, Kadeem is a great pick for high impact. I think that I gave a lot more attention to the later parts of this season, so it's easier for me to forget about Kadeem. But, I mean, Revis has been an obvious you know, surge of energy when he's come into the games. And he's not he, hes not without his own flaws, but I felt like, yeah, he earned a lot of respect. 
and recognition on the team with how the the later parts of the season went. It is a major yeah. what if, like what if Rivas and Kadim got more time? I, I think they're just as deserving to start as many of the other guys in the midfield. And if anything, if you had gotten them in more as subs, like you could have had these starters fresher later in the year. Exactly. Or even just within that game. Hey, start yeah. those two. You've got your yeah. sure pick. Well, we saw, I even, I even, I even saw in the final game, Louisville made two subs before yeah. St. Louis FC even made yeah, one. No and sense. they were up 1-0. And they weren't defensive subs. They were their typical subs. Yeah. You know, they were they took off their wing midfielder and they took off a center mid and I mean replaced him with the exact yeah, same. A little look. bit of a head scratcher there. Well, I I do I appreciate those players. A lot of them have have a fan in me wherever they go, so I'll be looking pay attention to that. I'm really rooting for some of these guys to to make the big move over to the MLS. I know that that might be a harder path now with how the politics of that are shifting. It's been a heck of a year. I mean, I'm just I'm just glad we were able to follow them somewhat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At least we got it. and yeah, saved the season. Definitely. You know, no matter how bad the officiating was or how many times we wanted a different move or something that I, I just love looking back and thinking, like, I got to see soccer in 2020, whereas six months ago, right. you may not have thought that. I'm, I'm excited to see what the uh, St. Louis right. is going to do. That's something to look forward to. What I was going to ask was a little bit more immediate in that, like, what are you guys watching now in terms of soccer? Oh, well, I mean, so now. tell me about it. What what teams? Really well, if you would have joined my fantasy soccer league, okay, like I'm, I'm did, you'd know. I'm, I'm embarrassed I'm in this. When you first mentioned that, I thought you meant an actual actual playable league. I thought we were going. You said join my league. I thought you meant actual playing soccer, and I assumed it was going to be uh, a really far drive. No. So that's why I was hesitant. <laughs> no. Well, you know, John M's and Will mm. Sutton joined, but well, John Tara's and Tara cool to even get cool. on this podcast at all. She's in the other room, so there you go. Oh, she's not allowed to be on here, so let's leave <laughs> yeah, her. Okay, on. let's not say her name. See, then she'll actually want to do it if she <laughs> yeah. knows that. But yeah, all right. So as far as Champion League team, I, do you, do you have a hot take on any of them? Do you like where does where do your allegiances lie? Dude, I, I, I mean, it's, it's hard to tell. You, we've seen three, four top teams already lose. Liverpool has a loss. Bayern has a loss. Barcelona has a couple losses. Like, everybody's losing that's top two. Chelsea's had a loss. You would, you would be impressed with who's leading the, the, the top of the leaderboard right Pretty now. Pretty sure Bayern and Liverpool did not lose. Really? No, Bayern has a loss. Not in Champions League. I'm talking overall in the start of the new season. Because Man City, Liverpool had that really bad loss. And so did um, uh, Bayern and Man uh, Man City in their respected conferences or leagues. But, I mean, right now I'm watching a whole bunch of uh, high school soccer, too. 
we're trying to keep up with it. Will is my inside. <laughs> yeah, I, for that. I swear, if there's if there's a name for a soccer addiction, Will's got it. <laughs> Literally driving home from a high school soccer match. I was thinking, well, at least he went to one of the high schools that were playing because you're the only person that I know that goes to a game between two different schools, neither of which you attended. Yeah, I'm just a. Uh, uh, I have a problem, as Anna would say. <laughs> it's a good problem. I wish yeah. I had time for that problem. I mean, it's a great hobby. What? Uh, how was the game tonight? It was uh, Kirkwood High School versus Eureka, and it was a senior night, right? Yep, senior night for Kirkwood. They had a uh, quite a few seniors. I think pretty much all but two guys in the starting lineup. Or seniors. That's better than my senior year. There's only two of really? us. But yeah, Kirkwood Kirkwood looked solid, got lucky on some goals, but we're definitely the better team on the night and won handily four to one. I was just gonna say Kirkwood looks solid, but not like a team that could make a run for state or anything. So not quite like last year. Right. Yeah. Well, boys, I am I am happy to say that this is the end of our St. Louis FC. Are you happy? <laughs> but you know why I'm excited? Because this means that we begin the countdown to St. Louis City. How many days to go? Oh god. Well, we started at 9 900 and now we've got to be at we've got to be at least at like eight fifty, right? Some time has passed. Not really sure how much, but oh, yeah. let's bring uh, on so, the city. Yeah, I have I have a lot to talk I'm about. I'm so that. pumped to talk it's, about them. They have been and it's in made the future so many different moves. quite a bit, but yeah, there will still be a lot to think about, a lot to talk about. How that'll impact the city. What their not what only, we think the team's identity only, will be as we get some in, inkling of what the staff is going to look like, whatnot. Uh, ownership is, is involved. Well, best in. of all is Lutz has just as much of an addiction to high school oh, soccer as Will does. Yeah, dude was at a St. Mary's John Burroughs game the other night. I mean, <laughs> he's just going to everything. I don't know. I don't. He's he's everywhere in his little Audi that's painted. Yeah. With St. Louis City everywhere. That's, that's I what love you it. want. You know, and and the best thing is is that they're making some moves in the front office that we get to talk about here in the next couple of pods coming up. Oh yeah. I'm looking forward to it. And uh maybe we'll we even... could uh grade the St. Louis FC players in future pods uh I would, on their season. I would love to do that, yeah. Maybe break it up and oh. grade the defenders one pod. Midfielders, another forwards. That's because yeah, there's a still some great stuff to reflect idea. on. It doesn't mean that you just want to forget them entirely. Just because yeah. it's over doesn't but, mean we're done talking. Uh, yeah, I I just kind of wish I never. I wish I would have picked up one of their training jerseys. There's still jerseys. time. There's still time. Yeah, maybe I can find one on a discount. Those things are sweet. Forty percent off right now. What? Yeah, doing it now. Let's go on the online shop. Yeah, we can discuss uh, where 
players are going as they sign with other USL or MLS teams? Yeah, because the, the USL's definitely got my attention. That'll do it for St. Louis FC season and this episode of our podcast, but we've got plenty more content to talk about in future pods, so we look forward to speaking to you.